0: Shedding Light Hunting Stories podcast, the podcast dedicated to the average Joe and their great hunting stories. I'm your host, Travis Williams. You're listening to episode 206. Hey guys, welcome to the show. It has been a little while since we have had a podcast. In fact, it's been about a month since we've had one, and I tell you what, I have been missing it. Um, (laughs) I have not quit, I have not given up. Uh, Just every so often I need a break, and I tell you what, it's become a lot harder to find guests it seems like. It's like you guys have been out hunting or something the last month, so I'm expecting that maybe you might have a hunting story. And maybe you want to tell that on this show. And if so, you need to send me an email at sheddinglightod at gmail.com or go on Facebook, Instagram, send us a private message there on Shedding Light Outdoors. Um, Would love to hear your hunting story. It's kind of funny. I go a while and I just kind of like take a break. And then all of a sudden, within about two days, I line up about five guests. So we've got podcasts. We've got interviews coming up. And I am really looking forward to them because there's some pretty unique stories that we've got coming, including today's. So buckle up. It's going to be a fun December and New Year as we launch into it. Um, What I love about this podcast, what's always been my passion, is stories are powerful. Stories are always different. There's no two that are the same. And um, hopefully these are things that we can just sit back, bring some entertainment to your life, and at the same time, hopefully something that maybe can encourage you with your walk and faith wherever that's at. So, guys, thank you for coming to another episode. I'm going to give you a quick update. Um, I have not really been hunting for myself a whole lot. Uh, one time I came eyeball to eyeball over Thanksgiving break with a doe. I was just uh, still hunting with my recurve and had a doe out about 30 yards. I saw her, she saw me, but she was more curious than she was alarmed, so she gave me a chance to get an arrow knock, get behind a tree. She came to 20, frontal, And man, I was, it was awesome. Awesome experience. And it made me kind of want to ditch the tree stand for the rest of the year. Like I, how awesome would it be to take two deer in a season and, uh, both of them be from the ground. So it's just a matter of trying to find time, uh, this whole Christmas season. And on top of that, my daughter, I've been trying to take her out a few times and get her a chance at a buck. I did that over Thanksgiving and it's getting to that point in the season where you know she did kill one deer, got it on film, awesome hunt, and we don't necessarily have to have the meat or anything like that, and it's getting cold, and I just don't want to take her out there and have her have a miserable experience. So here in the next couple weeks, I am really hoping to punch my uh, doe tag uh, with the recurve from the ground, so we'll see if that plays out. Other than that, um, things have been awesome for Shedding Line Outdoors. I just feel... We all feel like God's just really been blessing us this year. We have over eight or nine videos uh, in the works. Uh, Travis Shire shot a buck. Josh has shot in two bucks, one in Ohio, one out in Missouri. Uh, There's does and all kinds of great footage. A lot of that stuff we are hanging on to till the summer, just so you know. Um, maybe you've seen it on Instagram or whatever, but our videos just tend to do a little bit better during the summer. You know, right now people, there's so many videos, so much content, so much stuff that it just gets swallowed up. So game plan for a lot of that stuff is, uh, July, August, you'll start to see some of those videos as we drop that. But, uh, other than that, uh, I'm just excited to be back with you guys. Make sure that if you like this, if you haven't left a rating and review, uh, it's probably been a little while since somebody's done that, especially if you follow on iTunes. Leave me a uh, quick rating review. We greatly appreciate that if you haven't done that yet. Today's guest is a repeat. Uh, is Jansen McCloy? He lives just across the river over in Parkersburg area, and uh, actually bumped into him uh, two days ago at like a Christmas event, so that was kind of cool. And uh, he has a pretty unique story about an urban buck that he was able to take this year, just a couple weeks ago, maybe even a week ago, actually and um unexpected just the way it all goes down we talk a little bit about urban hunting and just all those sorts of things and it's just uh it's a fun episode good guy and i think it's you guys are going to enjoy it as always so we're going to jump right in here's our good friend jansen McCloy. all right join me on the line jansen mccloy jansen how you doing man good travis how are you uh, enjoying enjoying the evening and uh yeah, things are going well. What's you into today?
1: Just hanging around, relaxing this evening. Yeah, yeah, check it was neat bumping into you the, the other
0: day. I, I, I don't normally bump into my podcast guests because they usually come from all over the country. But you're a local guy, and here you and I both ended up at the Eat Breakfast with Santa Claus. You know, is our lucky day, right?
1: I think that's the stage of life we're in as the as the <laughs> Eat Breakfast with Santa stage. <laughs> yeah, it was good seeing you. Is that? I think that might be the first time we've we've actually met. Um, in yeah, well, and that's the thing. Like,
0: I you we were friends on Facebook, and I saw you. And I'm like, I'm pretty sure that's who that is. And then you looked at me, and it's that awkward like. All right, I think I'm going to go for it here and shake <laughs> <Yeah>. your hand. <laughs> yep. Yeah.
1: So
0: that's good, man. Yeah, it was fun. So yeah. So uh, how's uh how's your week? What's what's been happening since the last time I talked to you? I think we had you on episode 170, and that was back in October of 2022. So we've got some catching up to do.
1: Absolutely. Um, last well, last year we would have discussed my my first buck of the year, which would have been October fourth, uh, the Ohio buck. Mm-hmm. So I was on cloud nine from it, and uh, followed up November twelfth. Um, I believe it was the next to last day of my rutation. I uh, ended up killing my biggest ever West Virginia buck, uh, hundred forty six inch, eleven point yeah Um, we need
0: to now listen we got to hear that story because i think i had you on like october 31st or october so i i I don't think we've heard this november buck story yeah
1: i I think it was right before i I think i was telling you that a a good buddy from north carolina was coming to hunt with me
0: and uh
1: that's where we left off so uh,
0: you want you want to pick up there man
1: yeah we'll pick up there um so last season, um, like I said, I killed that buck in Ohio October 4th and, and was ecstatic about that. Um, my buddy Ryan ended up coming to town first week in November like he has in the past four years. Um, had some terrible, terrible luck in Ohio with a couple misses and, you know, bucks skirting him and stuff like that. He's had some some opportunities. But last year, finally, I think it was November the 8th, he was able to put down his first to high buck um, with me last yeah. year. and then, That's
0: need to be there. With, were you with, there with him whenever he
1: shot it? I wasn't. I was actually um, hanging a set in West Virginia for, well, I, I guess I, I didn't even have a camera on the farm, so it wasn't for a specific deer. I was just hanging a set, and I said, if you kill one, you can't go look for it. You can't go put your hands on it. You have to stay put. Call me. I, I want to be there because we've been through a lot <laughs> yeah. through the years. And uh, I was, I might've been on the third stick up in the tree and my phone rang and, you know, I'm sure you've experienced this. If you get a phone call in November or any time mm-hmm. for that matter, and you know, your buddy's hunting and it's not dark yet, something happened. Oh yeah. Usually those phone <laughs> conversations between me and him or he's all upset because something messed up or or he missed or whatever, but he was mm-hmm. like, I just shot one, so I climbed down real quick and, and sped over there and uh we got to celebrate his first ever Ohio Buck. It was a, a great deer, mid one thirties deer. Nice. And then he went he went back to North Carolina. I was kind of bouncing around between urban and this new property that I'd been Four years in the making getting permission to hunt on and uh i went to saddle hunt one evening and the way this farm lays it's kind of close to the river here in west virginia in the high river right across from you there in Belbury, mm-hmm. and uh huge fields along this along this river bottom and uh it was getting close to dark maybe the last 30 40 minutes of daylight and i kept looking with the binos and i kept seeing deer you, you could tell it was a buck chasing does up, at, I mean, seven, eight hundred yards away, um, just on the neighboring property. And I kept looking and I'm like, man, I'm, I'm getting antsy because there's no action everywhere I'm at. It seems like every hot doe on the farm is over there and they're just having a heyday. I, I think I texted a buddy and I was like, man, I don't I, I want to be aggressive and at least move closer to that end of the farm. That way, if I threw a grunt out, they might hear it or something. And finally, it was like 20 minutes left of daylight, and I was like, I'm, I'm going. So I got down. I just had my bow and my backpack, still had my saddle on. And I made a beeline at the field edge. And I got about halfway there to where I wanted to sit in the brush. And I seen a deer with its nose to the ground coming my way. So I didn't think nothing of it. from With the naked eye, it didn't look like a, a big deer. And I was like, I don't have time to you know goof around so i kept going and then i stopped again and the deer was getting closer and i was like i better look that's a big body dark deer i pulled the binos up and i was like oh shoot (laughs) that is a good buck so i'm i'm stuck i'm right in the middle of the open field you know i got the woods behind me as a backdrop so i'm not silhouetted or anything but i just hit my knees I, i knocked an arrow took my backpack off and this deer never lifted its head until it was at 30 yards. At that point, I was already at full draw. And it was slightly quartered too, which is a scary shot. One that I would probably never take with in, in a tree stand or a saddle. But mm-hmm. uh, I felt confident in it. Um, I let one fly, and it went right in front of the shoulder blade. And I, I knew immediately I'd made a great shot because over half my arrow went in the deer. Mm-hmm. And the deer immediately fell to its chest and then drug itself back up and ran about 30 yards and crashed. And I lost my absolute mind (laughs) (laughs) with, with Ryan just killing a buck. And then with my, my big buck, I killed in a high that year. It was just like a complete utter blessing. I couldn't, I couldn't believe it. I think I FaceTimed my wife and was probably crying like a little girl. Yeah. And I I still, at that point, I mean, had no history with any deer on that farm, just, Kind of a hanging hunt situation it ended up being a, a fantastic deer, real dark rack, 146 inch bucks. So wow! That, that was an awesome way to cap off the season. And I think I, I don't even think I got out in uh, West Virginia gun season or anything like that. So that was pretty much the end of my season. I may have killed an urban doe or something after that, but yeah,
0: yeah. I'm looking at pictures of him now, and he's like got like a really funky brow. It's like split, and that almost looks like he has an extra point or something over there.
1: Yeah, yeah. He he was awesome, man. I was ecstatic.
0: Now, you you said you killed him from the ground, right? I did. Wow. Man, that is that so this year that's how I got my buck and that is what a rush that is to oh, be on the my. ground, eyeball like you think I, there's always like a progression, you know? Like I just took a buddy out this past A week for gun season, and he got excited shooting a deer, you know, with his gun. I was like, "Well, man," I was like, "If you think that's a rush, you should try it with a bow sometime." And then, if you think that's a rush, you should try it with a recurve. And if you think that's a rush, get on get on the ground with them because I just that was
1: incredible.
0: Oh, that intensity of being eyeball to eyeball with them. I I had a doe the other day at thirty yards, and she came into twenty, and I was on the ground, and my heart was beating through my chest, like just absolutely. Like and it's just a different ball game and it's just a lot of fun. So that's, that's it really is. awesome it that you being, got him that being way. On,
1: being on their level. And especially, I mean, any deer for that matter to be that close to a wild animal on eye level with it, like you said, is crazy, but, but a mature buck, not knowing what, you know, you know, he's going to see you and, mm-hmm. and you know, it's going to be game on. You're just going to have a split second when he does. Cause they don't, they don't mess around. But yeah, like you said about that, that recurve, I, that was epic. <laughs>
0: Thanks, man. That's I a, appreciate that's it. A
1: gold mine. I've been fooling around trying to get my hands on a recur for a while. I just haven't pulled yeah. the trigger yet, but uh, that's that's in the future for sure. I want I want to get that done and on video. Oh, man.
0: That's awesome, man. Well, so kind of bring us into uh, I guess 2023 and uh you know, you're you're going into this season and talk to me a little bit you about urban hunting cuz I know that that's going to lead to this a little bit. Um do you always get an urban deer permit? How does
1: that work? Uh what was your game plan going into this season? So this year, um I had high hopes for Ohio um cuz I knew of a lot of deer that that made it. But I also was excited about urban, which I always am. Now, I'll bring you back to last year when I did have such success in Ohio and and West Virginia. That that year, I did not draw an urban tag. So in in my city, they give out 30 permits. You have to fill out your application, and then you take an archery proficiency test. And Mm -hmm. then if there's more than 30 people, they'll randomly draw 30 names. If you get in, you get in. If you don't, you don't. And last year, I think they had over 40 people that that wanted a permit. And that just so happened. I didn't get one. My buddy did get one, killed a fantastic urban deer. Um, We hunt the same property here in in town. But uh, kind of a blessing that I didn't get it, because usually when urban comes in, it's so exciting to to be hunting in city limits like it's I'm not going to say it's like cheating or not you know, not how do I want to word this? Not a thrill or an exciting hunt or, or hard. It's mm-hmm. just you're always gonna see deer. Especially it's diff- where I'm hunting. Different, right? Yeah, there's just there's always there's a lot of there's a lot of numbers. There is a mm-hmm. chance that you can kill a fantastic deer. I've had some very big bucks on camera, unfortunately in the years past that there's been several of them poached and, and that's a, the whole nother story. But but last year I didn't get selected. This year, there was only 27 people. So, so I automatically got a permit. But, um, I think there's like an 80 acre parcel that the city owns that you're allowed to hunt. And then you're allowed to door knock as long as it's three acres or more and it has to be joining. So it can't okay. be an acre here and then divided by someone else's land and then two acres here. It has to be buttoned up to each other.
0: Gotcha. Okay.
1: So, um, so I got my got my permission slip that I've had for years, and, and they they put it on file there in in town at the courthouse, and I'm ready to go. This year, we actually, uh, my buddy Cameron had a uh, elevated platform that he had bought for a muddy a muddy ground blind, and we finagled with it and built a platform on top of it because you do have to be eight feet in the air and that okay. so you're shooting downward. So we put that okay. up, and uh, I was able to take take my kid and both kids actually in there and and shoot a doe, fill a doe tag with both them in the blind. That was awesome just to share the, share the blind with your kids. It's like nothing else ever. Oh, absolutely. Now uh,
0: is this, is this, is there limits to how many you can take or is it just kind of, once you get that permit, you're just, you can hunt there as much as you want.
1: um, You can hunt there as much as you want. It, 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 same laws apply um, for, season-wise as far as uh, the dates. But you can kill five does and two bucks, and they don't count towards your season bag limit. Wow. So you don't have to buy any extra tags or any of that. Um, Anyone Mm -hmm. can do it. It doesn't matter if you're from Ohio. or You could do it if you wanted to. Mm -hmm. Anyone can do it. Um, It's a great thing they do. Um, A lot of times there's a lot of meat donated from that. Of course, there's several people in opposition of it um mm-hmm. because they think they're pets etc but you're going to have that and and that's something you'll deal with but unfortunate that i got permission on a very big chunk of ground especially okay. being in city limits it's 89 acres so oh, so wow. it it doesn't feel urban when you're in there i mean you got yeah. houses and, and buildings and you can hear sirens and you're close but you kind of you got some land to play with a little bit and we've had great success I'm, we've killed I mean this 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 buck we're leading up to. I've killed three bucks in there now. I think an eleven point, mm-hmm. a nine point, and and the and this nine point.
0: It's interesting to me. I watched. Um, I think uh, Meat Eater or First Light. They they've they've kind of done some of these things where the guy hunts in Washington D.C. and really interesting style of hunting. Sounds like you're not. You got a little bit bigger chunk than like what they do on some of these hunts that I've watched. But the challenge it seems like is if you do shoot one you really have to make a good shot because you think about tracking it if it goes on to somebody else's property or crosses a few property lines you know have you how do you navigate that jansen like that's I think that's what might deter people from wanting to do this because it's like this fear of you know if I shoot one and he's gonna run maybe even if I make a great shot he could still go 70 80 yards and end up off the property and then I've got to go knock doors and who knows what you're gonna run into in town.
1: Right. Yes, that's definitely plays a factor. Um the the law states that um you have to gut the deer on the property that you're on and you can't like throw it on top of your jeep and drive through town with it. You know, they try mm-hmm. to keep it kind of professional and discreet. And I think mm-hmm. that I'm I'm sure that's why they have the archery proficiency test. But you and I both know it's bow hunting. Anything could happen. I've been fortunate enough that every deer that I've shot in the city limits has went less than 50 yards and fell over. But it seems like every year in town, um, um, I don't know if you're on the page or not, but it's like the, I don't know. I call it the drama Facebook page for, for our town, but someone will post a picture of a deer that they see walking around the city limits with an arrow stuck in it. Mm -hmm. It it happens every year. I've seen arrows stuck in deer's necks and and their back and, and, that's the last thing anyone wants to do. Now whether those deer were shot by an urban hunter doing it legally or a poacher that tried to shoot it out of their backyard, we'll never know but but yeah, I, I believe if if a deer would if I would happen to shoot a deer and it would go onto another piece of property without permission, I don't believe I, ha- I can retrieve that deer even with right. with locate lo, or contacting the local DNR, if the landowner says no, that deer's yep. just gonna stay there. So that's it how is it a, is in
0: Ohio, you know, as far as just regular where I'm at. And I know if you get in town, there's just you know a lot more things that you gotta consider and you better make sure that you are a proficient shot or yeah, you know, there's gonna be some challenges there. So
1: Yeah, you know, that's that's definitely uh something that might steer people away. Um yeah. and I I was surprised at it, which you like when I killed this this buck this year, it was during West Virginia's rifle season. So if you write, if you archery hunt, even in the city limits where it's not legal to carry a firearm and, and hunt, you still are required to wear Hunter's orange. So I had to wear it. <laughs> so it's a weird thing to walk, you know, you're in city limits. You really don't want people to know you're there, even though it's hundred percent legal. You try to keep your, you know, your presence not known that way. You're not disrupting the person. If you are on a small parcel ground playing in the backyard with their kids or outside taking pictures or or working in the garden. You don't, you just don't want people to know and and be freaked out by it. You know what I mean? So it's weird to be sitting there sticking out like a pumpkin in the middle of city limits. So it's a weird (laughs) thing, but luckily I am on that big piece of ground. So I don't really have to worry about that too much, but yeah, Yeah. it's, it's, it's a different ball game. I mean, there are some deer in the city limits that, you know, you can tell that they've been hand fed mm-hmm. as an as an avid hunter and you know i'm not shooting a deer like that uh, as a matter of mm-hmm. fact one year i got a facebook message from a guy and he said have you seen a deer with a collar on it and i said yes i have uh, i got it on trail cam at night and uh, had this giant reflective glowing ring around its neck and i was like that deer's got a dog collar around its neck yeah which is completely illegal to do to do so if you're a listener which i I highly doubt that if you're listening to this podcast something you're going to do but this homeowner names these deer and this deer ended up being a couple miles away from where i hunted but during the rut you know he he went like all deer do and he moved and found him a doe and i actually had this deer within bow range Obviously oh, wow. didn't obviously didn't shoot the deer and it was a nice deer but he he said uh, he told me he said this deer's name's Nacho and he said if you call its name it'll come to you and I was like I don't want no part of that but yeah. I, I did. it was it was interesting to see the deer that that was that... definitely a first.
0: That might be the second time Nacho is mentioned on this podcast, because I, I know my buddy, Matt Dove, used to hunt somewhere over there, and there was a similar – now, it could be two different stories here, but there was a guy over um, close to where I went to college at, a guy, collared deer, considered him his pets. Not only that, he would drive up and down the road and blow his horn and cause all kinds of drama for my buddy. you know So, it's just – it's I'm a not, different ballgame when you're in town. <laughs>
1: I'm not surprised. i uh, um kind of the ju- – it's still on topic, but I have this property. I've always had it for four or five years now, but I was on my way to church with the boys this year and, uh, coming into town. And I looked to my left and me and my oldest son Easton seeing this giant buck at the same time. And I turned the truck around and ended up taking some pictures and videos and me being me got up my hunt stand app, seeing who in the property, seeing how many acres it was. And if it was in city limits, called the guy, got permission, got it approved. But that property has been the complete opposite of where I do most of my urban hunting. I've dealt with the sheriff's department driving by and people coming and taking pictures of my vehicle and coming Mm -hmm. out on their front porch and, and looking at me through binoculars. Of course I just smile and wave at them. And I've got, I've, I've I've, I've talked to the landowners and told them, you know, I'm not in here to shoot all your deer. I'm after one deer, you know, it's, I'm not going to cause any trouble or shoot anyone's pet or anything like that. But, I've since then I've pulled all my stuff from that property and it's just not worth, yeah. worth dealing with being harassed and you know I don't want to make anyone mad and, and ruin archery urban archery for everyone else if they so happen to cause a stink so I just left left that property alone and and that big buck can live another year and maybe be 170 next year absolutely <laughs> he's, he's big he's he's real big. that's
0: exciting. Well, Jansen, bring us into this year. And kind of your game plan, some of the hunts that went down and kind of lead us into this story that we're talking about. But there may be some other stuff I don't know about. But how did your other hunts go and just kind of bring us into the 2023 season and how it all went
1: down? So this year has been – well, now it's been very successful, which I wasn't going to complain. After last year, you know, if I eat tag sandwiches this year, that's what it was going to be. Um, Super busy all year with – obviously I, I told you before we started recording a little bit we were chatting about all the house trauma i've had with plumbing issues and hot water tank and my stove mm-hmm. catching on fire etc cetera, etc cetera. so life threw a lot of stuff at me this year and uh i've taken it on the chin and tried to smile and and praise god anyway through it i'm i'm super blessed and you know we've come through the other side of it still looking all right so this year um i put out cameras kind of early um But super busy with football. I coach youth football um, in my town. So every weekend we got games. And then after football, went right into basketball. So we've been super busy. But uh, on the hunting side of it, I I didn't really, as a matter of fact, I didn't even sit in a tree to hunt until November the 2nd, November the 3rd. So it was already into my recation. I ran cameras all through September and October, in urban and in Ohio West Virginia just didn't have a game plan on a target buck I didn't have anything showing up regularly and I just didn't want to intrude on the property so I said I'll just leave it and, and we'll wait till my ruckation and ruckation came and went just as fast as it came it was terrible weather was unseasonably hot like it usually is and uh passed a couple couple small bucks up and comers but Still to this day, I I really don't I haven't seen my main shooter in a month, um, so I'm just kind of waiting for them cold late season temperatures and hopefully fill my high tag. But mm-hmm. from West Virginia, um, I was able to take my oldest son, and he was able to kill his second buck ever mm. um, with the crossbow. So that that was an amazing experience there. Yeah, um, tell me about that. How'd that go? So we had went to Ohio first, um, perfect morning, and not too cold, which hunting with little ones, it's, you know, they don't have the drive like we do, and or maybe I'll call it driver stupidity, one or the other, to sit out there in freezing temperatures. But um, the sun rose that morning in Ohio, and that was one of the first mornings I had sat in that blind, and I realized I had made a big mistake where I put it because that sun was right directly in the in the window of the blind and uh, he was like, daddy, I don't, I don't think I could see to shoot a buck if one come in. And of course it's not as bad for me. I'm tucked back in the right corner with the camera and I'm thinking, you yeah, know, it can't be that bad. So we switched seats and I looked through the crossbow scope and I was like, Oh Lord, you, you really couldn't see to shoot. So I was like, well, I'd hate for one to come in and us be fidgeting around in here and spook it. I said, we'll just leave. So we left and, uh, Checked, got a cell cam notification. Thirty minutes later, and the buck he was in there after um, was in there. So, so that was uh that was unlucky. But we decided it was still you know earlier ish in the morning. And I was like, I got another property in West Virginia. We'll just go there and sit in the blind. And if anything, you know, we'll stop and grab lunch and you know spend another hour and a half in the woods together. It's always it's not always about the hunt, but just being with him out there and answering yeah. all the questions and stuff that's really all i cared about but yeah. it was still technically rut so you never know yep so i went to a buddy's property and, and he has some of them banks blinds uh i don't know if you've ever seen them they kind of look like a tree stump oh yeah i have seen those those are They're, neat <laughs> he's got several of them on his property and he was gracious enough to to let us crawl up in one of them for the rest of the morning and it wasn't 20 minutes after we got in the blind uh here come a buck with his nose to the ground and he come to 40 yards and and me and he have practiced to that range um, just a couple shots and luckily I don't know if you've shot one of them Raven crossbows but they just have dots 20 20 30 40 50 all the way out to 100 which mm-hmm. I would never ever let him shoot one past 40 but it come in and uh, he made a, a marginal shot on it. it 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 whirled when he shot and and hit a little bit back. And he was discouraged about that. So uh, we left, uh, didn't find the era. found some hair, some white hair, which wasn't thrilled about. And uh, I played, I actually videoed it on my phone, luckily, and I could see where the entrance was. So we left, um, come back eight hours later and ended up tracking the deer had a lot more blood than i thought what had happened was he it it ended up exiting lung when it whirled i don't know if by the grace of god the bolt went in and kind of kicked and went inward towards the the chest cavity more but he caught one lung and liver and the deer expired within 120 yards oh nice we celebrated that night and went around showed it off to family and I uh, got it here and mounted for him. So he's, he's getting himself a little collection and he got, he <laughs> said he wanted some jerky made. So we're going to make some jerky out of that one this weekend. Yeah.
0: And, uh, that's awesome, man. It's, it's cool. Um, just taking the kids out and being able to see them enjoy it. But also like you mentioned the questions, holy cow does my daughter ask a lot of questions while we're sitting out there and I'm, <laughs> I'm grateful uh, but she hasn't quite learned that, hey, if there's a deer standing there at like 30 yards, right then might not be the best time for a question. <laughs> like, <that. laughs>
1: Right, right, yeah, Easton, it, it's always every noise they hear. What was that? What, what yeah. kind of, well, that was a blue jay, Easton. Oh, okay. Was that a turkey? I, I don't think so. It might have been. It, yeah, it's just, it's special to watch them, you know, show interest in something that we're so passionate about. And it's not forced. I know it's not on your end, just like it is on my end. If if, they, if my boys weren't into hunting, then then that's not their thing. I'm not going to mm-hmm. force it down their throat. But from yep, a young sure. age, even way before he was ready, he wanted to go. He cried that he couldn't go, which as I did when I was a kid. So it, for him to be at the age now where I can take him on these hunts, it's it makes my season no matter what i do in the woods as long as i can spend time with with them too and yeah now them too um xander's old enough now to where he can go he's not quite ready to hunt yet but but he can go be in the blind so we've shared more hunts this year based around that just spending time with the wife and and both kids in the blind and that's been really the highlight of the year so far
0: yeah yeah. Awesome memories. And just, I don't know, this year has been so unique. Um, we'll just pause. We're getting to your buck story, but as we get there, I just think like you just mentioned like this little spot where you're taking your kids out. That was a, this is the first year that I've really experienced this. Like took Ansley out, got her a doe off on her. What was a fourth hunt? So it took a few more hunts than what I thought. And then we thought, well, we'll get her another tag. Well, once I buy the other tag, all this whole new motivation kicks in to get her a buck now. And so I've added a few more hunts in and it hasn't panned out yet. But it's just this, uh, I don't know, it kind of makes your season go by quicker, it almost seems like. And then when you finally get out there to hunt for yourself, there's this like, oh, this is kind of nice. <laughs> like, you know, yeah, you yeah. Yeah. It's, it's more, pre- yes. Yeah. You really appreciate the moments that you get to hunt for yourself a little bit, you know, and uh pretty neat experience, I'd say. Absolutely. Mm. Well, Jansen, keep it rolling, man. What, what, uh, you know, as you get closer into October
1: and then, you know, November, how does it play out? So uh, November vacation, like I said, it come and went and it was, wasn't good. Um, not a lot of activity. Ryan mm-hmm. went home back to North Carolina, empty handed um just no luck no bucks it seemed like every shooter just when rut hit they left so Mm -hmm. kind of just stayed up doing my homework trying to get new farms um not really hunting much um you know i don't know if it's like this for you but people are why ain't you in the woods and i'm like i know i should be but you know spending time with the family while it's not real serious right now um, mm-hmm. Don't really have a game plan on anything, and I'm not too big on just going in and burning sits and spots that don't need to be hunted right now. So, uh, what I guess we'll get right into my urban buck. Um, I had checked all my high cameras, moved some cameras around, pulled some cameras, and kind of shrunk my my late season strategy. I I just axing it on some spots that. You know, it's it's a lot to hunt several different farms in Ohio and West Virginia, and it takes a lot of time. I feel like you have more time into preparation than you do hunting, and uh so I pulled some cameras and kind of focused it down to like two farms in Ohio, and I was like, I told my wife, I said, I'm just going to go into urban and fill a doe tag. I said, I haven't had a shooter buck in there all year. I know there's some around because I've seen them, you know, in my travels, but. But nothing on that farm, no cell cam pictures. It's just been a pile of does and some two year old eight points. Yeah. So I got in there. Um, I ended My wife went back to work this year, so uh, sometimes I have to switch my work schedule around to pick up the kids from school because she'll go into work at three and work till eleven. So I'll get off work early. So I went home, picked them up from school, and then uh, got a babysitter for them and rushed into urban i got in there i think at 405 which is incredibly late you would never do yeah. that unless it was urban but like i said i was just focused on shooting a doe and enjoying an hour and in, and in, in the blind so i got there parked the truck um walked up climbing the blind and realized oh shoot i don't have my tripod for my video camera it's in my blind in ohio so <laughs> i was i was trying everything i could to rig up some way to film it with my main camera. I had another chair in the blind. I put in a different window and tried to sit the sit the main camera on the chair and it just wasn't working. So uh, I have a little I have a little mini tripod that I have my GoPro on. I just sit in, in the floor of the blind. And I was like, this is just gonna have to do. It's just a dough anyway. So I'll just enjoy what I what I got going. And uh was not too people long. that
0: don't film, people that don't I'm gonna interrupt you for a second. People that don't film don't realize how much of a gut punch that is to like (laughs) uh, it happens probably to me a couple times a year i'll be out there and all of a sudden i'm like oh you forget a like a little mount or whatever if i go from my camera arm to my uh tripod i have to change the mount that goes underneath the camera or i can't mount you know just little things like that that you've got to there's so many little things like that when you're self-filming that you have to remember SD cards, you know, you go and you you clear SD cards. Well, then you forget to put it back in your camera, and you're like, oh my! And it's just like it's, you don't you want to just enjoy a hunt, but if you're like me, I love the film too, and it's just like, oh god, I get frustrated, and so I do the same thing that you did. Like I try, I've I've used duct tape, I've used everything I can think of sometimes <laughs> to have to like make sure I get the try and get it on film, you know?
1: Yeah, it's it's hard the the filming aspect of it, and I, it never fails when you don't have the camera or when you can't film. The yep. most exciting things happen. All there, it yep. never fails. It, it's always <laughs> something like, "Man, if I would have just had my camera, that would have been the most epic footage." But it just, for some reason, it does. It works out that way. So, uh, yeah. so I said, "Heck with it." I, I, I just put the camera in the pack and I put the GoPro up, and uh, it wasn't all oh, ten or fifteen minutes. First two deer come into the field. And uh, just two small yearling does. And I was like, well, I'm in here for meat. I don't, I don't want to shoot a small doe. I, I, even though I got plenty of tags, I just didn't want to. So I watched them a little bit and uh, I looked up over the ridge and, and here come two big does and, and a couple, I think a four point and a little small doe. And she, they worked their way down and that little buck was bumping that one of the fawns around and the big doe wouldn't step into to my window. I only have one window open, and, and she would never give me a shot. And uh, finally, after about five or ten minutes, she stepped out, and they were super skittish, which you wouldn't think urban deer would be, but they were. Mm-hmm. And, uh, when I drew back, um, my arrow kind of squeaked on my rest as it went back, and they all boogered. They ran about 15 yards and out of out of the window where I couldn't see. Um, I could still see the deer, but I, I couldn't shoot. And uh, I held my bow back for a minute, thinking they'd calm down and come back. But they didn't right then, so I let down, um, gave it a minute, and I was like, in my head, I was like, you know what, I'll just wait until about dark um, at prime time, and, and maybe a buck will come in. And this was my thought. Maybe a buck will come in, and they'll, like— bump the bump the other deer and while they're spooking i'll be able to draw and get a shot at a buck and I, I did put a little bit of corn out right when i got there which has worked in the past i, I don't know yeah. why how they even know it i come in and put corn out but they seem to come right then and there so um them other deer come back down they come into the, to uh to the corn that i put out and uh I heard some leaves crunching over my left shoulder. I peeked out the window of the blind. I couldn't believe it. Um, that, Like the buck you, you've you seen that I shot. I never <laughs> seen the deer. No trail cam pictures. Never heard of him. Never seen him in person. And uh, he was over there working a scrape 60, 70 yards behind my left shoulder. And I was, immediately I was pretty worked up. I was like, oh my gosh, you know, I come in here to shoot a doe and I make a nice buck home with with the way my season has panned out i was not expecting that i mean if 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 bad luck could happen it happened this year so uh the deer started slowly working its way and i kind of took my focus off its rack once i knew it was a shooter and uh i started praying i was like lord just after this season the way it's went please let this deer come in and and let me get drawn (laughs) back and get a shot at this buck i said this would be a crazy story to just come in here and and get some meat for the freezer and to actually come home with what I consider a trophy buck, I just with no history and that's what I think made the hunt so special was trail cams and technology and stuff nowadays. You mm-hmm. almost go in the woods knowing what deer you're going to see and knowing what yep. deer you're going to shoot. So when it happens, yes, it's, yes, it's you know rewarding and exciting and there's still that thrill, but that that adrenaline rush is different when you're hunting either a new area or a new deer comes in and you don't know what it is, Absolutely, it's, it's different. And uh, I swear, Travis, no sooner than I said that prayer, that deer just stopped working that scrape and made a beeline right to 15 yards. And just like I had it pictured in my head, the other deer bumped when he come in because he was kind of lip curling and trying to get, ch- get on one of them does. And I was able to draw back and I shot absolute perfect shot the deer ran 25 yards which i immediately start losing my mind i i think i have the gopro footage i'll have to share it with you on, on facebook one day but i i kept repeating i've watched the footage back several times i kept repeating myself i said there's no way there's no way i just kept saying it <laughs> over and over and over again and i end up grabbing the i ended up grabbing the gopro and turning it around and facing it out the window. And I got the deer, you know, wobbling over and taking its last breath and falling to the ground. And then I sit it back on the ground blind floor and FaceTimed my wife and went nuts, which she couldn't believe it because, you know, she knows I haven't had anything good on camera Mm -hmm. and, and forever and nothing in there. So it was exciting. She teared up and the kids were excited because no one was expecting daddy to kill Big Buck that day. Yeah. Oh, man, that's so awesome. I actually went Facebook Live. um, Yes, I saw that. That (laughs) that actually caused a little bit of a stink in town. We'll get into that because I think there's a lot of people that know that you can't hunt from the ground in the city limits. So when they seen that I was in a ground blind, they didn't realize that the ground blind was elevated.
0: Yes, yeah.
1: So they made some phone calls to some important people and tried to get me in trouble, is what they did. But I end up having to send a picture of. I end up having my buddy who come and help me take pictures of the deer. Um, I had, I was like, "Come take a picture of me standing under the ground blind," and I stuck my hands in the air, and you could see that obviously, you know, I'm six foot one, and I'm having my hands in the air, and I'm still four foot from the bottom of the platform of the yep. blind. So I had yeah, to, I saw I that. To, That's crazy. To, To prove myself there but it was it was super special i've had some crazy hunts in the woods and some awesome memorable moments but other than like my kids first year and even with my hunts last year how exciting they were this hunt was special in its own way i guess because you just the not knowing and the, the zero expectations going in and then for your heart rate to go from you know nothing to a thousand Right then, when you see when you see a big buck coming your way that you were not expecting was was special for sure.
0: Absolutely. Yeah, I I just uh I like what you said there about the the trail cameras, you know, cuz I this year my trail cameras kept dying on me. I had two or three that I had. Now they're I mean, I like I like the brand, you know, they do well, but they are on the cheaper variety of cell cams. So I replaced like one of them, and so I ended up just running two cameras. And I had some pictures, but just nothing like nothing great you know and so whenever I went to that farm where I ended up shooting my buck I mean I didn't have a camera out that at that farm so I'd hunted it one time maybe a few weeks before whenever my Australian buddies were here and saw some decent bucks but nothing great so as I'm on the ground and I hear this buck coming what was so awesome about that moment is I had no clue what it was I had no idea which I didn't know what deer it would, would have been and i'm kind of grateful because like you know he didn't score he wasn't like a giant and so there's no there's nothing for me to compare him to i don't have to sit there and think oh man i wish that 130 would have came in or the 150 or whatever cuz i don't have a picture of that i just right. know in that moment The buck's coming in, he comes to two yards, my buddy's filming me. And there's just this excitement of, I'm going to kill this deer. (laughs) Like I'm going to try to kill this deer. When you get
1: to that point, there's no turning back. You know what I'm talking about? When your heart's racing, you don't care about how big the deer is. You know what it done to your feelings and your, your adrenaline. So you hit that kill mode and that kill switch and it doesn't matter at that point. And those are the special ones to me. Like yeah, big bucks are awesome. This isn't my, by no means my biggest deer. But it's a nice right. buck. Oh, absolutely. It yeah. was, it was, it had its own special about it. It was just, no, I want
0: to, I want to ask you a couple more questions about this whole did, did, did you have to like, did cops come or DNR or what? How did you, how did you have to sort out that situation? You said you had to take the picture, but you so know, I that, sent
1: that's... it, I sent it to the guy who was over the urban hunt, which is a cop. Um, okay. And he he was able to then send those pictures in to I'm guessing the DNR, and then they, you know, kind of realized oh, it makes sense now. Yeah. Okay, so it, cool. it didn't ended up not being a a big deal. No one was you know waiting for me at my access. Okay. With a with a ticket or handcuffs, it wasn't that crazy of a deal. It was just I don't know if it was jealous people or upset people that I was hunting in urban, which I've openly. You know, I've been very open about hunting Parkersburg's urban hunt for for years. So yeah. I what, but yeah. if you're going to break the law, you're definitely not going to do it in Facebook the middle of town. Live. <laughs> and then on <laughs> yeah. Facebook, on Facebook Live, so. yeah, at least you shouldn't.
0: I mean, there's uh, there might be some people that aren't smart, too smart, but um, yeah, no, that's uh, that's crazy. Just you know, you never know what we were always very mindful of that with everything that we do. We're like, you know, if we're going to post it, you know, there's no no room for shadiness. We need to make sure that we're very transparent in our videos and make sure that we're like, you know, the big thing that you see in a lot of videos is people actually filling out the tag and writing it down on the video. We do that some because it's just like, you know, yes. you just never know who's watching and what their motivation is. So that's uh, unfortunate, yes, or, or, but it's something that you got to
1: do. And your phone call to the, to the hotline to check in the deer, which yeah. I always thought was a cool part. I watched a buddy film an elk hunt. One of the coolest parts of the footage was the celebration afterwards, and then he kind of zoomed in on the phone where you could see that he was on the phone with the the, the, the hotline to mm-hmm. check in the deer and then writing in all the information. I thought that was pretty neat. So yeah, That is cool.
0: Well, man, congratulations. That's just a really unique uh, situation to be in, to hunt that way, and to have that happen. I mean, I was watching your, your live, and I was like, show me the deer, man. This is awesome.
1: <laughs> <laughs> I should have just stayed live, which would have helped my situation, because then you would have had to see me climb down out of the off the ladder, yeah, and then man. everyone would have been like, oh, okay, it's, it's an elevated platform ground blind. Yeah, And I, th- I thought about that, but I was so excited to get off of Facebook and call my wife and, and my yeah. and FaceTime my kids. I never saw it, but the GoPro was ro- rolling the whole time. So if anyone wants to get technical, I can show them the footage of me climbing down the ladder and, yeah, and putting put an end to it all. But there hasn't been anything said afterwards, and it's all been, you know, congrats and everything. Nice. So now, so.
0: Jansen, remind me, do you have a YouTube channel where you post these things?
1: um it's in the works so so right now i'm filming for dead-end game calls
0: that's right Um, you guys are with okay gotcha okay
1: so i i what i get i send them mostly you know sadly enough it's mostly just success posts on instagram and facebook not much footage lately i'm stuck with a a terrible camera that i hate to use but but this year you know unless the roof blows off the house or <laughs> something crazy happens to the house. I'm, I'm going to invest in a new camera and I think I'm going to start um, a, a new YouTube channel Oh, cool. called making memories outdoors and, and base it around my family and, and my kids more than, oh, you know, killing big bucks and, and being a diehard this it's m- going to be more like the weekend warrior family time. Cause mm-hmm. that's, that's what my life looks like right now, which I wouldn't change it for the world. Um, I would, I wouldn't change anything nothing that happened so that that's my goal it's been my goal for for a long time as a matter of fact i already have t-shirts and hats made that i made six five six years ago with that with the logo and the and the wording so easton's been wanting his own youtube channel and then xander wants in on it now as a matter of fact on their christmas list is nothing but duck calls, turkey calls, deer calls, camouflage. <laughs> <laughs> so that's where we're at. So that's what, what that's what route we're going to take next. And hopefully we can, we can share some good, good memories to the YouTube viewers that way.
0: Absolutely, man. That's awesome. Well, I wish you good luck on that. And definitely you'll, you'll have a subscriber out of me. Cause I can't wait to see that. And, um, man. So from here, it's, uh, as we record this, it's early December. Um, What's your game plan going from here? Do you have any, any, uh, hunts planned in the next couple of weeks? Are you hanging tight? What's, what, what, how are you believe, finish the season?
1: I believe Friday I'm going to take my oldest boy to Ohio. Um, there's a buck in there. He's got five on one side and three on the other, um, mature deer, but he's got a, a goofed up rack, which not that it matters, but Easton seen that trail cam picture of that deer and and named him goober. So that's that's his deer, and we're going to target that deer, and then just kind of, kind of stay put and and have a good holiday season, spend Christmas with the family, and watch my cameras and hunt when they tell me to. Just pray, pray for cold temperatures. Probably yeah, done yeah. in West Virginia. I may I may try to fill a couple of urban tags. Um, I mentioned to my buddy was mentioning it to me today that he'd like to go sit in the blind with me and us both kill two does apiece and then no, donate them donate the meat to, to uh, someone in need for, for Christmas and kind of film an episode about that for his nice, for man. his channel. But other than yeah. that, yeah, just fingers crossed that this winter brings harsh temperatures and, and the bucks get on their feet and are, are back on food sources. And hopefully we can record another one come into Christmas and I'll have my, my high tag field. But my main goal is just, put, put my boy on a deer that he's after and kind of see what the Lord blessed me with after that, but not too worried about it.
0: Absolutely, man. That's good stuff. Well, Jansen, I enjoyed chatting with you as always. It was good bumping into the other, the other day and uh, hopefully we can get together again soon. And I will uh, definitely plan on having you again on uh, next, next year sometime for sure. Absolutely. All right, buddy. We'll chat with you later on.
1: All right. Yes, sir. Thank you, buddy.
0: Man, love talking to Jansen. Just a good guy. Great to have him back on the show and just to be able to hear his stories and just a crazy, just a crazy hunt. You know, you just never know what's going to happen when you're out there. That's the beauty of it. We think we know the deer that are in the area and then all of a sudden, you know, just a nice buck shows up. Those are just some really cool experiences when that happens. And uh, it just made me think about something. The second he talked about like the trail cameras, and sometimes it's almost better not knowing what's there. It made me think about just life sometimes. how We we think we know what's going on. Uh, We think we have a picture of like, this is what's happening. This is my life. This is my game plan. This is my plan for the day. And then all of a sudden something messes it up, or something happens and we just didn't expect it to go the way that it did. There's a story in Genesis uh, chapter 28 where uh, Jacob is on the run. Uh, if you know the story about Jacob, he's tricked his brother Esau. Esau's trying to kill him, and Jacob's just trying to get out of there. And he's, he leaves, and he goes out one place, and he basically takes a stops to take a, a rest and to sleep. Um, and he has this dream where he sees like angels going up and down on this ladder going to heaven. And he sees God, and God makes a promise to Jacob that he's going to bless him. In verse 16 is what I want to key in on. It says, when Jacob awoke from his sleep, he thought, surely the Lord is in this place, and I was not aware of it. <laughs> I just think about that. Um, the Lord was in this place, and I wasn't aware of it. How many times has that happened to you? How many times have you thought you know what was going on, you think you know the game plan, you think you know what's there, and then God shows up? And maybe he messes with your plans. <laughs> something bigger and better than what you could have ever dreamed or imagined becomes a possibility. You know, that's what God can do. Um, I think having that little bit of faith, you know, I think Jansen going into that hunt, he has a little bit of faith, hey, maybe something could show up, but I'm here to shoot a doe, I'm willing to settle. And sometimes I think in our Christianity, in our faith, we're willing to settle. We we settle for just basic Let's just show up on Sunday morning, we'll sing some songs, we'll do our deal, we'll try and be a nice, you know, citizen of the United States of America or wherever you live, and we'll just be kind, and that's that's the, you know, we, we we're aiming and settling for, you know, something good. But maybe God has something bigger. Maybe he's got something bigger headed your way and you don't even know it. You're unaware that he's got something that would blow you away. Uh, an opportunity maybe to share your faith, an opportunity to take a job where maybe it's not as much pay, but it's an opportunity where you could help people. Maybe it's a situation where it's a relationship that you need to cultivate because this person has this heart, maybe a desire to learn more about God. Whatever it is, I don't know what that is. But we need to just sometimes just acknowledge that God's not always going to follow our playbook. He's not going to do everything the way that we want Him to. So when we look at this passage and we look at others, it just reminds us that, hey, you know what? We serve a God who is overall, and he can make some pretty awesome things happen. And so I'm glad that he doesn't always follow my game plan, and he does what he he does. So, um, yeah, there you go. So think about those things. Hopefully that's encouragement to you guys once again. Sorry it's been so long. I am glad to be back with you. And hope that uh, to hear from you soon. If you want to come on the show, make sure you go over to YouTube. If you haven't yet checked out those videos, my buck video is posted. Uh, if you haven't seen that yet, it's definitely the best footage I've ever. I'm just still in shock that that hunt happened the way that it did. Just uh, recurve buck from the ground. Uh... I, I just smile whenever I think about it just tremendously blessed and grateful for God's opportunity guys thank you for listening hope that you come back next time for another episode and until then remember to shed the light